How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject. And I think we all know what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, Yep, I'm going to talk about the first presidential uh, debate for 2020 between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Let me preface this by saying that I do not like either of the two candidates, neither one of them. But... I'm definitely not leaning at all towards Donald Trump, and I, I don't think he um, does a really good job of representing the people. And when I say the people, I'm talking about the vast majority of individuals, especially those that are struggling in America at the moment. And to those individuals that are um, in favor of him that are struggling, I would really ask that you look at the two party system as just failing you in general. Like I am going to, this is going to be the the least enjoyable. I said that about Hillary, but I really do feel like this is going to be the, the least enjoyable vote towards a Democrat that I've had ever. And it just sucks because I was, I voted, um, I voted McCain. I voted, um, or no, sorry, I didn't vote that election. I I chose because I didn't really, I didn't want to get involved in that election because I didn't uh, respect his his um, um, VP pick that he had with Sarah Palin. I I thought she was definitely more intelligent than Trump, but um, (laughs) probably in the same level of of character, pretty much. And I. I felt like McCain was very level-headed, but I just didn't like his VP pick. I think he could have picked a lot of different other people. And if he had picked a stronger VP pick, if he had picked Paul Ryan, who I don't think Paul Ryan was even known at the time, but if he had, if that was his running mate like Mitt Romney had, I would have definitely voted for McCain. But I ended up not voting that election because I didn't want to vote for Obama. And I was, I was a kid at the time, so I was like, you know, I'm just not going to vote. For the... Um, Second uh, election uh, or the second term for Obama, I voted for Mitt Romney. I was so-so on on Romney, but I I definitely at the time was a a big proponent of Paul Ryan because I was studying finance and Paul Ryan came from a a finance background and a lot. He was a fiscal conservative, so he was like all about the numbers and, and I was as well at the time when I was that young. It's so weird. Generally, that's the kind of stuff that you think about when you're older. And it's, it's weird to how I've transitioned in mindset from being younger to, to where I'm at, at the moment where I went from leaning left or right to now leaning more center, center left in perspective. Now I do have some, some things that I do agree with, with the conservative establishment, but it's, it's almost every single day that I just can't respect the platforms that they, that they stand on. But it's that's almost the same narrative for the Democratic Party as well. I, I, after Obama, um, it was the Hillary and Trump um, election, and honestly, I was starting to transition my my perspective <clears throat> on a lot of different matters, and um, like I'm against abortion. Like I I, I um. It pains me to think about the idea of people having that. Let's just talk about something like that's super sensitive of a subject. But I I still think that is a personal matter that should be 
dealt with, like that only individuals that have the responsibility of making that decision should be coping with. I don't think government should have ever gotten involved in, in something like that. And it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever that government gets involved. And, and I know the only reason that the conservative party gets involved in that is because of their religious background. And I'm not a religious individual. So to me, it's like, that's the stupidest reason for you to get involved. There has to be a, a separation of, of church and, and state. And that's how the founding fathers wanted it to be. But of course, you know, we, we use our background to kind of dictate how we're going to live our lives. But I feel like I'm, I'm a moral person. I feel like I, I treat other people as best as I can. And, and my personal philosophy is that I'm going to grow as an individual, but not at the expense of my fellow neighbors. Like, I don't think anyone should have a philosophy where they feel like they have to stand on people and, and, um, not respect the, you know, your fellow human to get ahead in life. I've never, I've never been that type of person. I don't like that mentality. Um, and every single time in life that I've made the mistake of even, uh, entertaining those ideas, I feel dirty inside. I feel ugly. I feel like I, I betrayed myself in essence. And so, but you can have this type of character and I feel like that is better aligned than some other like religious individuals. I feel like, uh, use their, their religion as an excuse for them to get away with certain things because they feel like that you know, they'll, they'll be judged in the afterlife. It's like, that's not right. You shouldn't wait until you pass away to be judged. I feel like, you know, your decisions and your actions should affect what happens in your life currently at the moment. But, uh, that's like one of the things that like the conservative party, like I'm, I'm not for it, but I'm also not for the idea of government getting involved. So like, I'm like a centered on that perspective. And I, I feel like a lot of, uh, a left individuals would argue with me, but I ha- I also feel like it, there's a lot of grain argument as well. I'm open to having discussions. Like if someone was um, taken advantage of and raped and uh, by a person and, and therefore I, I never, the idea that that person had to now uh, give birth to a child that is no, no means um a part or has half of anything that you ever want to think about, of course, like early on, you know, take contraceptives, take what you need to, to, you know, uh, I, I, I can empathize with people that goes through that. I don't think, I think that's torturous. I think the psychological, you know, it's like, it's you're, you're, you're devaluing the, the, the woman in this, in this argument only because of the argument of like the, the, the future life of this child. It's like, who knows what the, the ramifications of what that child will do in the future. But I do know that if he's not being raised by a loving mother, that's going to be even worse for society. Now you have someone with psychological issues. Now they take all their hate towards their child because all they, every time they look at their kid, they're reminded of that. And, and to the, to the women that can overcome that and bear that child, I, I, you know, that's, that, that's something that I don't think I could ever, um, could ever do i i feel like i can empathize more with the women that would make the 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 very difficult decision to to give up that life of that kid um this whole idea that that the conservatives also lean on like how the left and 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 the democrats are for like like third trimester like children being aborted that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard 
no one in the left party that is got a strong political position is in favor of doing that unless it's in the direct representative or it's in, in direct care of the mother. Like if the doctor comes and says, You're, this child is a high risk, there's no chance, there's a very minimal chance that this child might live. And if you continue with the childbearing, this might also be life-threatening to not just the child, but you. Do you want to continue with this? Why would you risk that as an individual? As like a, a hope, a gamble? Like, go ahead. But life has shown that to all the people that that gamble away against like what their doctor recommends, they more than likely die. You do see these like miracles where some people end up living when they're not supposed to. But most of the time, if you've gotten multiple doctors, I've told you, like, if you continue with this, you're going to probably die. Why is it? That's the only thing that I feel like the left people agree with that, you know, that late into a pregnancy, if you need to abort your child. And again, that is such a difficult decision to make as a parent, like that burden, they'll always live with that, that idea like uh, of like, what would have been like if, if I did give birth, maybe the child would have lived, maybe what if it didn't. And like, they're always going to, to cope with that forever. So like to try to add government involved in that as well, it's, it's it's not responsible at all. Um. Anyways, I, that, so th- those are my 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 pointers on on abortion, gun laws. Like I'm pro gun. Like I, I I enjoy gun, but I'm also for education. Like I feel like I think this idea that anyone could just go to a gun store, buy a gun. If you have a concealed weapons license, you can leave that same day. Or if you uh, a cool down period of just two days, two days, really? Like some of these people have pre like premeditated murders. They have an idea of what they're going to do. They can wait to two days. They're they're not gonna just be like, oh, two days, that's gonna get me to, to second guess killing someone. That's not the case. That's not gonna do anything. And so if we can I feel like Switzerland did it right, where all of their citizens have served in the military. And it used to be a policy. I think I read recently that they stopped doing this. I don't know why. I think it was just for for budgetary purposes. But they used to do where at the end of your term in the military, you would be able to take your rifle back with you back home. And in Switzerland, you're able to own guns. But everyone is educated with a weapon because they've all had to serve in the military. If you own a gun, you got your gun rights from serving in the military, gaining an education, learning how to fire a weapon, how to properly maintain it, and understand what that is that you hold in your hand, how powerful of a device that thing is. I don't think, I agree with people when they say like any tool could be used to to kill someone. I totally agree. But at the same time, this device can cause more harm potentially than a knife can. Like a, a person with a knife can be disabled by someone with martial arts uh, um, training. A martial art- artist cannot defuse a gun um a gun like a shootout i mean they can if if like they're very lucky and they're up close to their target and and they want to defuse the situation immediately but you'd have to be a very trained professional and you'd have to know how to do that and we're talking about a small batch of people like special forces individuals people that have been properly trained in close quarter combat in the military not everyone gets that kind of training in the military or um or, or just martial artists, uh, like jujitsu people, or, or you know what I mean? Those like small category of people, and to hope that that, that one person's going to be in the area when when guns start getting sh- like start shooting in the middle of an area? No, of course not. Whereas if someone has a knife, 
you know, the average citizen, if they, with the risk of their own life, of course, they could potentially disarm the opponent. And then, you know, with, when other people see that this person no longer has a weapon, they can come in and assist in the matter and take down this target. That's not going to happen in a, in a shootout. It, it normally doesn't happen that way. And if it does, a lot of people are going to die because again, with a knife, you don't just go and stab one per like people could survive depending on where they get stabbed. I don't know. This whole debate about the guns, it's, it's stupid to me. Like, I feel like we should, we put so much focus on the weapons. It's, it needs to be education. I feel like a, a, a lack of argument is ever put in when it comes to education on, on everything, you know, why people are um, un, like, unfortunately losing work, not being in a better position as adults, why there's a lot of struggles and because no one's willing to just have education and, and, and teaching people to prepare for a life when they leave school. I don't think that that discussion ever happens. And it it really is should be the parents' responsibility to do that. But anyways, I'm getting off the subject. As you can see, like things can be very if you can have an open discussion, I feel like you can have a very centered perspective on things where you don't have to give up guns, but you also don't have to agree that just give everyone guns. That's a, that's the that's the argument, right? Like the conservatives are like, oh, just give the teachers guns to protect the schools. Let's not educate them. Um, and some teachers don't even want to have guns. You know, there's just no aspect of like requiring some level of education to purchase a gun. Look, if you're not for that, you're not the type of person that should be owning a gun because you're like, no, I, I don't need an education. I know what I what I need to do. Like every time I talk to a responsible gun owner, they properly handle the guns. Every time we go to a range, everything's laid out properly. You know, all the safeties are on. Guns are facing down range, right? Those are the people that I associate myself with when I go out and I fire weapons. And it's an enjoyable experience. And, and you could just have just as much fun as the reckless individuals that are doing really stupid stuff and think that they don't need to, to get an education. Those people do need an education because they are one stressful situation away from making a horrible decision. And I think a lot of education needs to go court, goes. Uh, go towards that as well. But anyways, we could talk about a lot of different things. Those are just my two positions on some pretty uh, sensitive uh, subjects that if anyone ever wants to have a, an in-depth discussion on, like a logical in-depth discussion, I'm always open to that. Always open. But anyways, going back to the presidential debate, it was like, I don't understand what I just did is responsible. If I was a presidential re- representative, like if I was your uh, appointee for president, I think when you want me to come on stage, the last thing you want me to do is attack the character of the other person. There is a small base of people that care about that, that love drama, that will enjoy that. But there is a large portion of people, myself including, that are very centrist in perspective. And I feel like a lot of America is like that where they're dead center and they really don't enjoy the two-party system and they're really trying to make an educated decision on what my values are as a person, are you going to be the best representative to represent those values of mine? Today, no one did that. But I will say that Trump did a disservice to all Americans. I I have to shout him out. Like Biden, of course, interjected sometimes, but it was because Trump, started the debate off that way like if you looked at the first two minutes of the debate it looked like it was going to go smoothly 
asked a question. They both talk their points. And then all of a sudden, it was like when, when Biden had to address, I can't remember the subject because it just happened recently, the debate did. I need to rewatch it. But I, I feel like uh, Chris Wallace, who I respect from Fox News, I don't respect the organization, but I respect the individual. Um, I think some of what Trump did was an attack on Chris Wallace's character and, and minimizing him as a, uh, as a moderator because he was probably a little pissed off about his interview that he had with Chris Wallace a month ago. It didn't go really well in favor of Trump, even though that's like they're his news station that and OANN is uh, like the two conservative news stations. But Chris Wallace didn't go easy on him. And I think Trump expected like it was going to be an easy interview and it, it wasn't. So I respected that. I, I, I always respect individuals that go against their party because that's what we all should do. <laughs> we should we should never just follow like little mice or sheep and and agree with every single argument that the party dictates to 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 individuals. And that's why I don't agree with the two party system. But um when when Biden was addressing this this subject that um, Chris Wallace pointed to him about Trump. It, from that point forward, Trump was just constantly berating Biden's character, Biden's past, Biden's this, all of those things, right? And I feel like the American people have seen it themselves. I mean, really, the only people that haven't maybe are kids that are turning 18, but most of those people aren't going to be the voter, voter turnouts that these politicians are trying to uh, address right now they're trying to address the older people because historically older people are the ones that go out and vote versus the younger crowd and i'm talking about age groups 25 and younger maybe even 30 and younger sadly but um turnout from mid-20s to, to to 18 has just always been horrible so i don't I, I feel like for a majority of us adults we know what biden's track history is like we've seen it already we've been pretty educated on it we don't need to listen about attacks on on the individual. Chris Wallace was trying to ask questions about what they would do and and address like certain things about like the Supreme Court, everything. And all it was was just an hour and a half of just each other attacking one another. And from all the polls I've seen so far, literally all of America, like a majority of America was frustrated and angry at what they watched because they didn't feel like they got their answers. And I feel like, the last debate was like that as well, where it was, um, I respected the Romney and Obama debates. Like the, you could tell that they did kind of attack each other, but they attacked on the point of the subject of what was addressed. This was like children talking today. This was insane. This was way worse than Hillary's like, and Trump and Hillary back and forth. Like that didn't get bad until like the third debate, but this just gun ho. I feel like Trump's going to go in every single debate just attacking character, attacking character, attacking character. And I feel like some of his base is going to enjoy that because they, they feel like that's that represents strength. But again, let me ask you, what does strength mean to you when it comes to policies that need to address like struggles that you're going through in life at the moment? Like things that you're uncertain of, things that uh, affect you and your family. Like strength is good. It's definitely a good quality to have. Like I will say that I would rather Trump be in a position of like, and like, uh, but even then, like on the world stage, like he's always been laughed at by, by, uh, leaders as well. Like if Trump did what he 
did tonight with like other political leaders, I feel like that would speak a lot of message and he doesn't do it enough. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people just don't respect him as a, as a president. But again, that strength, it just seemed like a, like an immature level of strength. It, it felt like it was just all over the place. It didn't feel like it was focused. I feel like if Trump had like one good argument and was just stuck on that and was trying to like, I saw it at the end where like, uh, when Trump was addressing like the the police and and law and order and and was saying like Hey Biden, do you have anyone in law enforcement that backs you at all? He's like, I got all day to to listen. I thought that was good. That was a good move. That was a good move. <clears throat> if he left it at that, and then if Biden tried to get around the subject and Trump did what he did again, which was like, I, I still don't hear you talking about someone. That's boom. That's that's a good move, right? Because law enforcement is important to a lot of people. Some people are against it. Some people are for it. I'm dead center. I feel like you can't have lawlessness. You can't have anarchy. And I feel like a lot of people want that. I mean, that's the message for Antifa, the organization. It's not even an organization. It's an idea. The idea is is an anarchist perspective. But this whole idea that like the the left are like Antifa is insane. Like, both sides have their crazy polarizing believers, right? You have Antifa on the left. That's like the worst, but they're not really an organization yet. I feel like eventually they're going to get organized and become an organization, but they're just not there yet. They're like all over the place. <clears throat> but on the right, you have a uh, white supremacy, which can you, oh my God, how is that a thing? How is that a thing? How are old people that fought in World War II supporting that, like, it's just insane to me. Like, if 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 old people that fought in World War II were able to still live to now, I mean, we're asking a lot at this point. That's like almost well, oh, that's well over 100 years old now. There's not that many people left. But what are your thoughts on, you know, uh, a movement of, of white supremacists like becoming like a bigger and bigger involved movement they would be like are, are you kidding me like what the hell like hitler hitler's party <laughs> hitler's party that's what it is white supremacy hitler's party are you kidding me that is insane that is so wild i don't understand why people like are in favor of that like if you're a racist fuck you but still like okay be a right racist but that's like next level stupidity at that point. It's like, like, let's just kill everyone but white people. <laughs> you, you stupid morons. Like, really? Like, you're not even willing to do half the level of work that a lot of minorities do, right? So what the hell are you going to do when those you kill all those people? Are you going to go and do half the level of work that that all these other people do? Are you going to like be the technological people? Or are you just going to go and live on a farm? You freaking idiots. Like I can't stand white supremacists. I don't know the idea of just, you know, white power, white power. And I'm coming, that's like coming from like, um, I like, I would consider myself probably more white. It's weird that that's a thing, but I mean, I have European blood in me. And so I'm, I'm definitely white, but I also have mixed blood as well because I have a lot of Native American in me as well. And I feel like a lot of these white supremacists also have a lot of Native American in their blood too. And like for you to be a white supremacist, you'd have to like hate half your family, right? 
or like your, some of your, your family's history. I don't know. People are just so stupid, but again, it's on both sides. Like the whole anarchist argument for like Antifa is so stupid as well. Like if you're supporting either one of those or like even the, like the Ku Klux Klan, like, fuck you. You're so, you're like, you're the problem in this world right now. Like go fucking make your own country like where you guys can go and have battles against one another all the time. And that like, will will suffice. Give you guys a Dakota. We'll give you a Dakota. Take North Dakota. There you go. One half. We'll have West Dakota will be the, uh, Antifa supporters and right Dakota will, or yeah, right Dakota will be, um, the supremacists and we'll just like put a wall around it. Let you guys live on your land. And then when you guys want to attack each other, go ahead and attack each other. But you guys are freaking idiots. Anyways. Um, I, like I said, I feel like a vast majority of individuals are in these polarizing positions, but both parties want to like address that. Like the parties are believers in these ideas. I don't know. Like, I have a lot of conservative friends that are logical. I don't understand how they can support Trump. I can see why cuz you know the, it, he's always going to align himself with the conservative party. But I mean a, a true conservative and a true liberal would not really favor either political party. Honestly, you wouldn't. To just just be frank. I mean they're they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Like fiscal conservatives. I mean, think about it like this president has spent more money than any other president ever in the history of America. And you can use that argument for every new president moving forward because our cost to exist as a country is becoming more and more expensive because our GDP is a lot more expensive and, and, and what we need to produce is, is a lot of, or it's more of value. And we also have a ton more debt. Now, all of those things combined means that like when we ask for a budget, it's going to be more and more expensive. But like if you were a true fiscal conservative, you would never allow that to happen. No matter what, you would try to penny pinch every single thing and make things work in a way where you're not spending and you would be like a, a clean budget, a, a successful budget. You would look at the long term ramifications of choices and not care about clean energy, not clean care about any of that stuff. It would just be, does it fiscally make sense? But you guys don't do that. It's insane. And that was like the only reason that I was part of that party was because I was like, you know, we need to be fiscally responsible. All this spending is not good for the country and it's going to bite us in the ass in the future one way or the other. But you guys still do that nonsense. And then for liberals, like liberals are, I feel like are pro people, pro individual, um, you know, they're, they're like for education, healthcare. They believe in a system where um, we should pay additional taxes and in return get as a society benefits from that, you know, more so than what we're seeing now. And there's some part of me that agrees with the idea, but then you see liberals taking political donations for companies that like they don't want unions. They don't want uh, um like everyone have free access to education, like universities spend a ton of money to make sure that that's not a thing. And you guys are accepting money from them. Like, fuck you as well. You guys are, are like the neoliberals are. And that's what I, that's what a lot of people call them are like going against the, the ideas of their party. So like this, these two parties 
do not represent your thoughts on a majority of the issues that you probably feel like. But because you have to say that you're a Republican or you're a Democrat, you feel like you're stuck in this this hole where if you go against some of the ideas of your party, you're forced to be often in, in no party land. Like you're going to get voted off the island. And I, I had a big fear about that as well. Like when I was starting to look at the Democratic Party and I was like, this is stupid. Like I don't want to vote for Hillary. She's horrible. Like I, I like the Clintons, I think, are, are a horrible family. But I definitely don't want to vote for Trump either. I think Hillary would do a lot less harm than Trump did. And I still think that as well. But I would have never enjoyed that vote. That vote was so difficult to make. And this vote, again, is going to be a difficult vote to make as well when I vote for Biden. Because I don't like him. I don't like him. And I cannot not vote because I know that not voting is is taking away a, a vote for changing Trump and giving an opportunity for Trump to stay in office. And I and, and wholeheartedly agree with my position in 2016 when I argued with a lot of people that said that, and they didn't understand why I couldn't respect Trump. I was like, look, some of his ideas I can get around, but like clean energy... I, that's another thing too with conservatives. Like you have to be pro oil. Why? Why is that a thing for the conservative party? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, why can't you be for whatever makes sense for the country financially? What generates more jobs? What generates more income? What they're not for that. Somehow conservatives now are aligned with the oil business. And like, what? Why is that? That's the stupidest thing ever. Like. Why not be aligned with whatever makes sense for the country? Like if clean energy is cheaper than oil and we don't have to rely on on people and we can have clean water, we don't have to frack and destroy water systems and lakes and stuff like that. Shit, great. That looks great for me. But no, it's like uh, Texas, Dakotas, like all the states where fracking exists, they have to, you know, a ton and ton and ton of lobbying efforts by the oil companies you know, and, and pushing this argument like, hey, we, we promote a lot of jobs. No, you fucking don't. Like, you you generate jobs, of course. Yes, oil and the oil industry does supply jobs. But in general, the totality of the employment sphere of every state, they make up small portions. Maybe in the Dakotas, that, that's like uh, um, not the case because I don't even know what else other people do out in Dakotas, to be honest. No offense, but I just don't know what you guys do. But so there's the exception, but look, the Dakotas don't swing votes either. They don't like change elections. I'm sorry. Again, no offense, but like whatever the Dakota Dakotians need, I mean, like their, their politicians will fight for that, but like Texas, Florida, like really do you guys like, it's like Florida forgot the BP oil spill. I still remember that. I still remember like all of the Gulf coast getting ruined all like businesses on the coast, on the West coast getting destroyed by oil. And it's like five years, 10 years, 15 years later, we forget about it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's keep drilling. That's going to, that's going to do great. You know, let's just fuck it. Let's, let's wait until it destroys my industry. Then I'll, I'll be like really upset and be like, why did this happen? Why wasn't there any regulation? It's like, because that's not the argument for the conservative party at the moment. But again, I, I, I hate saying conservative party. Look, they're not, conservative they're not they're more than likely not your type of conservative and for 
the liberal party, they're, they're not the Democrats. The Democrats are not the liberal party. The Democrats are a neoliberal party and the conservatives now are like the Republicans now are, I don't even know what the Republicans are now. Like they're, I don't even know what to call them, but they're just all over the place. I feel like, I feel like they're trying to hang on. I feel like they feel like they're losing power. And so they're like trying to stack everything to like keep the conservative party alive for the next decades to come. Like the judges, the Supreme court, the, uh, the uh, appeals courts and all these other judges and trying to like, cause I feel like they're, they feel like they're going to lose like all of, of DC power. So they need to like stack the cards somewhere where they know they can have some relative power for, for some time. And it's like stupid. Why, why, why give up hope? Like, um, and I understand like you're trying to target your base, but you're missing out on a ton of people. There's a, a lot of people in the middle that are waiting to pick a party that they really respect, me including. And honestly, fuck that. <laughs> Screw the two-party system. I hope, I hope this election shows that the two-party system is the dumbest thing ever and that we should all just vote for who we think is going to be the best option for us. And I hope the Democratic and Republican Party tank. I hope they, I hope they get it from all sides. I hope like the Republican Party breaks up. I hope the the Democratic Party breaks up and I'm so excited to see the the negative turnout for both of this. So keep it keep it up, Biden and Trump. Keep up making you guys selves look really stupid, including you, Mr. President. Like um you're just looking like an idiot. At least to me, you're looking like an idiot. And like I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on a lot of different things. I wanted to hear your thoughts on COVID. I wanted to hear your your guys' thoughts on like what what you're gonna do for people when when the rent moratorium is gonna end. What's that? What everyone's just gonna get kicked off on the streets? Like, look, I'm in a fortunate position where that's not my story, but there are a, a ton, ton and ton and ton and ton of people that right now are struggling, and we're coming into the winter, which for a lot of industries is like the slowest time period as well, especially in hospitality. And what are you gonna do? So many businesses are gonna tank. The markets are going to tank because a lot of people aren't going to have the type of money that they would normally want to have during the holidays. It's going to be one of the worst Christmases for a lot of families. The optimism is going to be so down. The vaccines are going to be rolled out. But like logistically, does anyone really believe that they're going to be able to tomorrow go to their doctor and get a vaccine? Give me a break. Like that's the stupidest thing as well. And for the, like for a lot of people that are against vaccines in general, what? So you're going to get this vaccine, but not the other vaccines that are recommended to you. It's insane. I don't know. I just feel like, um, and again, like logistically, how are we going to give, like they say for most of the vaccines, you're going to need two dosage and both dosages have to be given within a 15 day time period. So you're going to have to go to a doctor's office, get your first one administered, then come back 15 days later and do it again. There is not enough doctor's offices and equipment to facilitate all people getting this vaccine at once. So they're going to have to do it in stages. And effectively, that's not going to work because this vaccine, no one knows if it's like effective all year long or if it's only effective for a small time period. So if you do portions of the population, right, start off with like the uh, first responders and seniors, and then you go to like maybe like parents and kids and then you start going down, working down the list on age groups at that point. You're looking at like uh, groups of individuals and like the first group 
will then need another treatment probably in th- and, and on the third quarter, on the fourth quarter, because they're going to realize that the vaccine is only like a booster and they need to keep getting them every time. And like I said, there's not enough doctors for this. They're going to have to make the vaccine like my daughter can get. I don't know how it's done, but some of the vaccines that my daughter gets are oral, orally, like in a like a like a fluid they drop into her mouth. And I forget what vaccine it is. I need to look it up. But um, I don't know why uh, like a million vaccines are done that way. There has to be a reason why. But like that's the only way I think you could logically do it. Like if you can administer it where anyone could give it to themselves, then that's great. But th- if you're hoping that the vaccine is going to make a difference, honestly, and I feel like I agree with all the professionals, it's not. And so if you think like, Oh, like Trump is going to release this like vaccine and we're all saved. Dude, that's just like Russia has been vaccinating its citizens and you don't see it like, like, and that's been like a month now, almost like two months that they've had this like vaccine that they've gone ahead and, and said that, uh, they've been giving to their people. And I, I would love to see the news coming out of that country as if, like, they have no more COVID. No, COVID's going to be a part of everyone's lives for quite a bit until we all make the adult decisions to start, you know, respecting what the science says and, like, maintaining distance. Don't be in close quarters. Don't be in, in uh, non-well-ventilated locations. And, um, you know, wear a mask. Because, like, if you wear a mask, I don't know if you realize this, but if you wear a mask and, like, take a lighter and try to blow through the, the mask to blow out the lighter, if you hold the lighter, like, just two inches away from your face, if you have a good mask, you're not blowing out that lighter. So it shows you that the, the particles that you're breathing are breathing up out of the mask from the top and from the bottom, but they're not blowing out straight. And so they don't have the distance to travel this way. And as long as you're in a well-ventilated area, that's that stuff kind of gets sucked up into the air, right? But when you're sneezing face-to-face level with someone, right? And you sneeze and it goes straight towards someone else's face, you're going to get them sick. It just, it doesn't make sense to me why people just don't understand like what it means, like what gets you sick, right? It's so crazy. But if we did that, then we wouldn't need vaccines. This disease would disappear and a lot of people wouldn't even have con- contract a flu. We wouldn't get colds and we'd be very responsible about diseases. We might eradicate a ton of diseases if we were just responsible about how, we manage like if I got sick, don't go anywhere for uh, a couple weeks. You know, take some time off from work. And I feel like statistically, there's a lot of business that's lost to people being sick. I, I feel like the last time I read a news article, somewhere in the number of like a hundred billion dollars is lost a year to people calling out from sick or or having less uh, or being less productive due to uh, illness. And so if we had better a healthcare system or like a system that finance people's time off, like a a government time off, like sick paid time off where, you know, you stay at home and you don't affect other employees and other people when you're sick and you don't feel like you're going to be losing money. You get paid still, you stay home, make sure you get good. And then by the time you're good, you go back to work. You're going to minimize how many people get sick. It's going to be great for business. Everyone can continue having a good life. I don't know why it's so difficult to do a program like that. It honestly, the savings that you would have on the business side of things, right, where other people aren't getting sick and having to call off work, would be tremendous. And you'd be eradicating a ton of diseases as well. But those systems aren't in place, and right now people feel like they're forced to have to work or, or, you know, not pay rent, and then wonder six months on the line when their lender or landlord asks them for six months of rent all at once. You know, what am I going to do? <laughs> This honestly, 
everyone, no one knows how bad it's going to be, but I promise you January of 2021, just watch. It's going to be the worst month of a majority of Americans lives. I feel like a lot of news is just going to come out unless like a miracle happens, but there's no little talk about those miracles. So the more you're prepared for that, the more you're not going to fall victim to that time period. But anyways, I think I've talked long enough. This debate was, was horrible. I don't think anyone got anything out of it. If you're into drama, cool. Good for you. You got some entertainment out of it, but for everyone else that was hoping to hear something of value about how the politicians were going to address a lot of different issues that's going on in this country, we didn't hear anything. So hopefully it's not like that in the second debate. Hopefully they both get a lot of negative press from this. Um, And if they don't like screw the media anyways, the media sucks. But um, to those that are like all cheerful for their party of how they perform tonight, you're idiots. Like your party didn't do shit. They didn't, they didn't address anything you wanted them to address. They didn't talk about anything that people need help with. So, but if you think your party won, Hey, I guess, I guess you think debates are won over who's the loudest. That's the stupidest thing ever. Anyways, thank you guys so much for, for listening to me rant today about politics. I try not to do so much of those, but I do enjoy politics. I enjoy them a lot. I wish I had a platform where I could debate a lot more. I do eventually see myself becoming a politician as, when I get older. And I definitely will, will be running as an independent. I will not be running under a political party. And I will never go back. I was a Democrat for four years. I was a Republican for eight and a half years. Never. Never going back to either party. They would have to make some radical changes on both sides for me to even entertain going to either side. But until they do, I'm an independent. I'm a proud independent. And I hope a lot more people become independents after this election period. But thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll catch you guys manana. Peace.